Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to episode 128. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello. We're glad you're here. Glad you made it. Glad uh, you got through another week. I did. Did y'all? <laughs> I'm here. That's right. <laughs> My name is Jason. This is Ed Nathan. They are laughing at me right now, but we are uh, here again recording another episode of our podcast, and uh, we are answering another question that you guys sent to us. Hopefully, it will help you think a little more and respond to your world in the way that Jesus wants us to. So um, before we do, though, uh, we are recording this on, today is July the 5th. We celebrated our nation's birth, our nation's birthday yesterday. That's did y'all have a great celebration? Yeah, it was wonderful. I'm sure. I had I had did what I normally do. Nothing. Not about the nation. <laughs> I didn't do anything about the nation. I have such little part in the nation. I'm just a tiny, tiny, tiny say, little part. Yeah, I didn't have much to do with it either. <laughs> I didn't, I, but I enjoy the day off. I enjoyed the day as Thank well. Thank you, America, for that day off. Whoever so, you are, America. Yes, whoever. I'm. I am part of it. Maybe. I, I have been. Yeah. I am. I guess I am. I, yeah. <laughs> Let's don't get into that. <laughs> no. All right. Question for today uh, we're going to answer is sent to us. Uh, actually, this was sent in a few weeks ago, so uh, we have finally gotten to your question. So thanks for giving us patience and hanging on. Um, but this is a question that uh, touches on something that we talked about, gosh, a long time ago, probably in the last year or so about how to read the Bible, but I'm not sure I've heard anybody ask it quite this way. In fact, I went back through some archives to make sure we hadn't answered this before, and I didn't, I didn't find anything where we specifically answered mm, this question. New so question. That's kind of new, but it, it's, it touches on some themes that I think we it'll be good for us to go back over, considering how good to read the Bible. Good for you, questioner. That's right. Good job. So here's the question. I have heard mixed feelings on which stories in the Bible are literal, and which are parables or symbols for us to learn from. So what insights can you provide, particularly around the snake that talked and the whale that ate Jonah? Are those things that you believe actually happened as they are described? Now I have to go, I have to go on record and say this, and maybe we mentioned, did we mention this on the podcast? There was a guy recently who got swallowed by a whale. Did y'all hear about this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did. Did yeah. you see the news story? And spit up and he was alive. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he was in there for three days, though. No, no, I think it was real quick. Yeah, I don't think he was in there very long. So, well, yeah, the whale was... And I'm not... By it. the way, I'm not saying that proves Jonah. I'm just no. saying I thought it was interesting. It made <laughs> me think of that. So um, so here's what I thought we'd talk I about. I'd also for, like to make clear that uh, the Bible doesn't say snake. Ah, very smart. <laughs> yes, I, I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to my answer. I'm going to say that. It doesn't matter no, it to doesn't. my answer. But well, you it just does had not, to point that out. It doesn't say snake. It's Whatever. Whatever this thing was had feet until after the whole thing, and then Apparently. they got removed. Apparently. Who knows? Okay. So here's, the, here's what I thought would be a good question to start with pertaining to what I think is behind this question. So um, we talked about this a little bit, but is the Bible an all-or-nothing kind of deal? I think that's what's behind this. Mm. Is, it, is the Bible something that uh, for me to believe the Bible means I have to believe that every word in it is a literal blow-by-blow account of what actually happened. Well, if you try to do the Bible that way, there are mm. going to be parts of it where you obviously... No, I don't know yes. anybody that does the Bible that way. I don't know anyone that thinks Jesus sitting at the table instituting the Lord's Supper thinks that Jesus literally handed his disciples his body and blood mm. like he opened a vein. Yeah. I don't think anybody takes that literally. They know that he's talking figuratively. 
So when people say to me, do you take the whole Bible literally? Well, not the parts that are obviously yeah. not literal. Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody that does but that. But I know a lot of people who would tell me that they do. Yeah, but they haven't thought that through. What they're trying to say to me, and I, I would agree with this part, if they said to me, do you take the Bible as authoritative mm. and do you take it seriously? Yes, I take it very seriously and I take it as being authoritative, but I think you should read it as it's intended to be read. Which means you might have to give more thought to it than the words that you see on the page by themselves. Yeah, that's an interesting point because I think something I've seen in conversations, particularly the conversations you see happen online, because everybody, you only get to communicate in these little tiny sound bites, these little one-liners or these you know short little quips. And it seems to me that a lot of people get the idea that the Bible has to be just bam, quick, easy to understand, and if it's not, then somehow you're doing it wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not saying that God intentionally wants it to be complicated. What I am saying is that it, there is a, a, a side to God's Word where I got to spend a little bit of time in it, working on it, thinking through it, so that I can fully understand everything. Now, again, can I get the basics? Yeah, sure, you can, but you're not you're probably not getting everything the Bible was intended to give you if you don't spend a little bit of time. And, and this thing, you know, I heard on a podcast say that it's now a bad word, but there is some nuance to the Bible yeah. that we mm -hmm. have to spend some time on. We can't just say, well, that old saying, God says it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, I get where that comes from, and, and, I, and I don't... And at the heart of what they're trying to say, yeah, I would agree with it. But me too. You mean, I read the words on the page and what they mean to me by plain reading in the 21st century yes. is what God meant by it. That probably is not true. Yeah. Any more than, and I'll just say this, so we have some parts of this document that are many thousand years old yep. yes. in this collection of books. We have people that spend their life studying a 200-year-old document called the American Constitution right? and admit that I've got to try to get back into 18th century and understand what they meant and understand that there were whole things they didn't even take into consideration. And everybody sort of thinks that's pretty normal. Yeah. And that's only 200 years old. Well, we have a 1,000-year-old document. It doesn't seem reasonable to me that people think I should just be able to read it and understand it as plain read in the 21st century. Well, and it's not the purpose of it. I mean, no. The Bible is not trying to communicate to me how I should live my life right now in the 21st century. That isn't mm. to say that you can't take, but that's not what it's doing. It's mm. not trying to communicate to me what I'm trying to do. The Bible is telling a story about what God has done through Jesus and it starts before Jesus arrives physically on the scene, uh, and then it continues after Jesus is his, what we call his ascension when he returns, and it really is trying to form. I the best way I know it's it's trying to form a community of people who then, in different cultural contexts, can say this is how based on what God has done through Jesus and is doing through us, this is how we should live our lives because this is what the new creation. This is what the new eternal life, the kingdom of God, looks like uh, historically. This is what it looks like going forward. So when you ask about a literal story or not, I'd want to know what, 
what is driving you to know the answer to that question? Because I will say this, mm. my tendency with almost everything in the Bible is just to accept it. And so when it comes to Adam and Eve, I am not thrown if they are not literal people. Mm -hmm. I am not thrown if they are not literal people. I don't have a hard time taking that they are literal people. I'm not saying it's wrong if you don't. What I'm saying is, is I need to know what it is. If the question is about a science and faith thing, I don't think the Bible is trying to no. answer that question. Um, and so I think that's what I mean by it's not. I'm not supposed to read from Genesis um, a play-by-play -play account to either take scientific information or to either go, mm, I'm having trouble with a coworker. What does Genesis tell me about how to deal with my coworker? I'm supposed to read all of this in the context of a Christian community that is telling me an entire story of the kind of community. In the Old Testament, it's the nation of Israel, which then the church becomes the fulfillment of what the nation of Israel was supposed to be. And then when I read the stuff in the church, I'm supposed to look, oh, this is what life in the kingdom looks like. This is what life in the community looks like. But all of that is even still worked out in, in the community because there are things we read from the New Testament that are commands, and we talked about here before, women should stay silent in, in, in a church service. Well, that's an instruction. But then we take it into our culture and go, what is it that they're actually trying to say? Well, and we know for sure it wasn't absolute it because correct. there are other no places way. in the same book where Paul allows women to talk. Yeah. Correct. So, so it, yeah. even the guy who wrote it wasn't given an absolute. You have to. The best thing I've heard recently, and I never use this phrase, so I'm not going to act like it's mine. It's uh, Tim Mackey from the Bible Project. Yeah. He's been saying for some time, and it's just finally gotten my psyche, that the Bible is intended to be meditative literature. Right. It's intended to be, it's intended to be literature that I I take in and I chew on, mm. and then I take it in again and I chew on it, and over time I understand more of the story. Now I don't want to dodge this person's question, and no. I'm just say through time you asked about those specific things. I have a different personal way I view those. I'm like Nathan. I don't have a problem if they turn out to be literal or if they turn out to not be. I do have a personal view that they that Adam and Eve are representative. That's what I believe. Now that may not be true. That may and if that bothers somebody that they're they believe they're <laughs> literal and now you've heard I don't, I'm sorry. I used to be right there. I am if it's true, that's true. It just doesn't bother me that it might not be. I also take Jonah as a story, a parable. It may not be true. That may not be what it, maybe it's a literal kind of thing. It sure, whoever wrote it, wrote it very well to be, to sound like it's mm -hmm. uh, telling a story. Yeah, but the thing I would say, because, and I, and I don't claim to know the motivation behind your question, but here's what I have had people, uh, the reason people have asked me this before is they see stories like, you know, the way they characterize it, a talking snake and Jonah being eaten by a whale. And they think, well, that's so far-fetched. That's, you know, that's just hard for me to believe. Therefore, I want it to be allegorical. Um, but what I want to say back to them is saying, well, then you're going to have a hard time with a lot of the scripture. That's right. So that, I, I, I would warn you about taking it from that motivation um, because if you already start with a anti-miraculous bias. That's right then you're, you're, you're starting in a really tough place uh, for you to read the scriptures. 
Um, I heard a really smart guy smarter than me said, you know, the, the, the greatest miracle that, that ever happened is in the first verse of the Bible. In the beginning, God created, and it was. And he said, everything else after that is possible if the first verse is true. I, I totally believe that. And I, me too. And I, and I thought that was a great way to, to, to look at it. So, I, again, again, not to say that that was your motivation, but I know a lot of people that they come at it from that. And I think you have to start from a different place. That I would like to tag onto that and say as well. So when it comes to supernatural things, mm -hmm. there are definitely accounts in the Bible of supernatural events that the Bible intends for us to know they are supernatural events. Absolutely. That they weren't everyday occurrences. That when Jesus does miracles, people in that day also thought, oh my gosh, and mm -hmm. they didn't know what to make of it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like somebody was trying to tell an allegory and then everybody in the day goes, oh, that's a deep story. Mm -hmm. There were miraculous things that mm -hmm. took place. So I don't have a problem with any of that. I don't have a problem with the supernatural. I don't have a problem if Jonah gets swallowed by a whale and it's all literal. I'm just telling you, over time, yeah. I've come to believe about those couple of things you asked directly about, mm -hmm. that they could very well be representative stories to teach us a lesson, very much like parables that Jesus told. If they're true, they're true. Well, I think regardless... I mean, they're true... They are true whether they are allegories or not. Well, Absolutely. They, they, are teaching, better, they are teaching truth. Maybe yes. a better word for us to use, because I think it's what people are hitting around. One, you said about representative. I think everyone would agree Adam and Eve are representative by the nature of they represent humanity. That that is the... Because Adam is not a name. Adam is a word that it means, means human. human. Mm -hmm. It means human. So everyone agrees whether Adam and Eve were literal. I think the word people are, when they say literal, is, is this history. Mm. And I would say, and I think the majority of biblical scholars would, would say to you, I would actually probably go, all biblical scholars would tell you, it is not history in the way that we consider history. Because what we consider history is, there is a thing happened, we all sit down, and I'm writing down exactly what happened. That's not even, I think, what most, because everyone agrees that the beginning of it is poetic, which you don't tend to have a lot of poetry at the beginning of a history True. book that happens. So the question is, were there a man and a woman that represented humanity in this fallen nature? And they didn't actually didn't even ask about Adam and Eve. They asked about the talking snake. They did. So we're talking about whether there was an Adam and Eve. The question they asked was whether there was a talking serpent. My point is, when I when I read those things, that also could be fully metaphor that there was no nothing talking to them. Uh, but once again, I think when you get into all of those, the question I have is, I think we've already addressed this part is, is it harder to believe that a snake could talk or God could become an eternal, infinite God could become finite? flesh and blood, die, then rise from the dead three days. Like, like all of that to me is the biggest right. thing you have to take. I don't want to say assumption. That's the word I was going to say. But that's the biggest leap you have to take. To me, once I take that, is it possible this happened? But my point is to say, I think if you're looking for Genesis to be historical in the sense I'm going to go pick up a World War II history book and know every detail that happened. It's not written in any way to be that way. It, it is Yes, I would agree in that sense. Uh, it is representative. I think we all would say, mm -hmm. regard, if I get to heaven and find out there was a literal Adam and Eve, 
and that there was a one man, one woman, and that's the way the whole thing. And a serpent came up and talked to them. Yeah, I don't good. think any of us would go. I can't. Pff, I yeah. can't do this. But if we also find out, oh, that was more of this story, and it represents the nation of Israel, and it's all of this stuff. I don't think any of us would go. Well, I can't do this. Anymore. But uh, you bring me to, I think, an issue that you know we probably need to address before we you know get too far in. I think what a lot of people that I hear asking me these kinds of questions, what they really want to get down to is, hey, if it turns out that, you know, the Bible talks about Adam and Eve and the serpent and Jonah and the whale, and that turns out to be just an allegory, then what, what, what ground can I then stand on to say that the whole thing's not, it's again back to that all or nothing thing is, is I feel like a lot of people are, are frightened by that take on the Bible because they're now afraid that it's going to be, well, what about Jesus now? Is, is that uh, somehow the same? Or is or how do we know are that it's different? Are you asking just so I don't look? You're, you're saying... <clears throat> I'm playing devil's advocate. No, I know. What I'm, I'm trying to answer the question. Is what you're asking, if Adam and Eve aren't literal, mm. and that's not like historical blow-by-blow blow of it happening, yes. does that therefore mean nothing in the Bible is historical, including mm. Jesus? I think, well, a, lot, I think a lot of people do are afraid that that might be where we're headed well, okay. when we talk My like that. My answer to that but, is you don't have to be afraid of that. Yes. Well, and because, and I think this is what Paul means when he writes in the fullness of time, at the point that Jesus comes on the scene, we have enough historians that are not biblical historians that right. are establishing what's going on in history and the Bible walking alongside of that and people outside of the Bible that mention this movement of Christianity, it there isn't a reputable... There are atheistic people who don't believe in God. I don't know any reputable historian that doesn't believe there was a person called Jesus Christ who was, follow, who was crucified, whose followers said he was resurrected. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, they don't believe he was resurrected, but... To put that in the same category as a, a serpent and Jonah, which is some of those take place prehistory. And what I mean, there wasn't a lot of writing going on. Mm. In fact, we know the story of Adam and Eve. Even if you take Moses as the author, Moses is writing that down hundreds of years after he says in the book it took place. True. So Jesus is being written about contemporaneous to the events that it's being written about. There are other people that mention it, which is why we've said many times, you don't start at the beginning of the book right. to decide whether you believe the book to get to Jesus. You read the accounts about Jesus, you decide about Jesus, and then, honestly, the reason you wind up, well, you, the reason I wind up buying stuff in the rest of the book that sometimes I don't totally get is because Jesus bought it. Mm. Right. Once yeah. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and He's the full, which Hebrews says He's He is the final full revelation of who God is, all the rest of it becomes easier for me. Story, allegory, history, whatever. Well, because what you mean mm -hmm. by Jesus bought it was Jesus saw it as the story that should form not only obviously his life, yes. but then his followers. That's lives. right. Yeah. Because um, because I know a lot of people. Because I'm again trying to play a little devil's advocate. Will listen to some of the things that we said and said. Well, you know, Ed, you, you just jumped onto the allegory camp with some of these stories, like Jonah. But Jesus didn't. Jesus refer to Jonah, and didn't he talk about him? But to your point, Nathan, 
he didn't necessarily talk about it where we right. have to take that Jesus was assuming this was a literal story. He just said, just like Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days, Son of Man's going to be in the belly of the earth. And he's using that to illustrate Which him, his Which is no life. different than me saying at Christmas time, you know how we say about Santa, you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, because Santa Claus is watching over everything you do and he's naughty or nice. Mm -hmm. And I use Santa as a reference to say God is not like Santa. He's mm -hmm. not writing down all those kind of things. Anybody that listened to me say that and said, my goodness, Ed believes there's a literal Santa. Yep, it doesn't right. mean I believe there's a literal Santa. I'm using a story that is widely known in our world right. to yeah. illustrate a point. Jo Jonah may, in fact, be literal. Maybe. And maybe that's what Jesus was saying. But the reference Jesus uses to him does not mean he had to believe it was literal. Yes, well, and I think, that was the point I was going to make. Yeah, and I think, you know, to the point when you talk about Adam and Eve, whether you take it literal in the sense, once again, one man, one woman in the garden, and that's a literal place, that's exactly, or you take it as representative, it's, it's, it's telling something about humanity. This is what I meant when I said everyone takes it as representative. I've never heard a preacher who said Adam and Eve got tempted, and you should just know that happened to two people and doesn't happen. Every single person goes, and isn't that... Like every human being, everyone knows that's representative of humanity, whether it literally happened exactly this way You're in right. a literal garden. Right. Everyone knows it's representative. So that's, I think, my point of what is it you're wanting to know? Is your question, I'm afraid my faith is going to fall apart if this doesn't happen? No, yeah. your faith's not going to fall apart. Is it, I want certainty on whether it's real or not real? You can't have that. Mm -hmm. so, or is the question... <laughs> I don't believe these things, so I don't believe in Jesus. Sure. I'm just saying to you, if that's the way you're taking it, you ought to start with Jesus. Just just yeah. start with Jesus. Figure Jesus out. He's so much closer historically in the thousands of years to where we are. Yeah. Now you can get there if you want to get there. And then let the rest of it come later once you figure Jesus out. Mm. I agree with that. Well, my last note for us to talk about was for us to boil it down to what really mattered. I think we just did that. Jesus is what matters always 100% of the time. Absolutely. Well, and I think your point about meditative literature is a big part too, which is yeah. the point of the Bible is to not just form me into a person, but to form us into a people. And I think that is why historically, not just because people have been illiterate for hundred, I mean, what? 15, 1,600 years, the majority of people were... Literally, literally until most of the... In this country, until the 20th century, a lot of people in this country were still illiterate until Correct. the latter part of the 20th century. And so the, <laughs> the idea of a personal Bible where I personally have to figure out, do I believe it's literal? Do I not? That's not the point of the Bible. The Bible was to be read in the context of the community. It doesn't mean it's wrong. And in fact, I think you should read it on your own. But it is still meant to be read in the context of a community. And all of these stories, the ones that are literal historical, the ones that are just poetry, the ones that are representative, the, the goal is how do we as a people, because of what God has done, therefore we know God is still doing things. What is God doing in our midst and wanting to do in our midst? How can we live in a way that is faithful to this so that we can be a faithful witness that God is active in the world and God is doing something to a watching world that wants to experience, and deep in the human soul, everyone wants to experience the power of God. Even if they don't call it God, they call it something else. 
We call it transcendence. I want something outside of this. The church is the only, the only place, the only people that know God, who transcends time and, and space and all of that, interacts with human beings, and this is the evidence that it has happened, and we are the evidence that it is still happening in our midst. So I would just encourage you with whatever you read, uh, that the goal of it is that it draws you closer to God and to other people and not just better knowledge on things. And I think because of that, the Bible itself, the way it is written, um, does not try to lead us to one side of that question or the other. I, right. I really, I really yes. don't it see... It leaves the gaps. Yeah, yes. on purpose. Yes. Like I think if you were to ask any of the authors who wrote any of those uh, stories, now, was that literal or figurative? And they went, it don't matter. Yeah, that's right. I wasn't writing it to answer that question. That's right. I was writing to you so that you would get all of these things that we have all just discussed about the Bible. So, uh, uh, not to say your question doesn't matter, but uh, if you're asking the question uh, in terms of, is this something that, like you said, it hinges, my, if my faith hinges on, then you can you can relax. I think on there's, a, depending on your personality, there's, uh, and I just heard somebody talking about this recently. There's a real fear for some of us that I will be proven wrong, mm. mm-hmm. and I don't want to. I don't want to have lived my life believing something that I eventually find out that I'm wrong about. I get that, but everybody is betting on something that they can't prove one hundred percent. You right. know. Including the people who you love and who love you, there's that amount of trust. That's right. There's just an amount of trust that goes in all of you. You do the best you can. You you do as much research as you can. Everyone should do that. But no one should live in the fear of, but what if I'm wrong? But right. what if I'm wrong? Well, I don't. I don't know how to help with that. That that's the that's something is, all of us live with. We it. have a gracious God that even if you're wrong, He goes. Right. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, right. I will say He expects us to be wrong about. Most I will say <laughs> there's been a lot of folks come before you that were, and uh, yeah. He's He's taking care of them. Exactly. I have been wrong on almost everything in my life. I I mm-hmm. I assume that I'll be wrong about other stuff in the future. Yep. I I have bet my life. I continue to say when people say, "Well, you know, what if it turns out that this is the whole thing?" I've been saying for years, my life, even if this all turns out to be wrong, I prefer the way I have lived my life, that mm-hmm. I believe there is a God. It's given me hope. It's given me, it. I have turned into a more loving person with my life pointed at that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If I get to the end of my life and we find out, oh, all of it was wrong, okay, I still prefer to have been a loving person instead of a person that lived on the side of cynicism, which I was when I was younger, mm-hmm. <laughs> doubted everything when I was younger, lived mainly to be right and be inward focused. That was not a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> it was not a, that was not a good person for me or for anybody I was around. Uh, so. All right. Well, I hope uh, we hit some of the stuff that you were looking for. Um, I, I, I hope that that helps. If not, like I always say at the end of these episodes, Send us some more clarifying questions, Absolutely. and uh, we will we will dive in uh, to those as well uh, and do our best. Uh, we really do 
answer all the serious questions that come in. I have to say serious because we've gotten some non-serious questions. And okay. I can't, so I can't just unequivocally say we answer every question. Not some. We just can't. But you send us a serious question, we're going to do our best to tackle it. In fact, next week we've got a question that I'm not sure I understand at all. But okay. I'm going to throw it out there, and I'm going to an- we're going to do our best to answer it, but I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I understand it at all. And so We'll answer what we understand, we will, and y'all and can clarify. That's right. So it, now, now that you're interested in what's this question that Jason doesn't understand, you come back next week, and you'll find out. I, I, I just didn't understand it. So, all right. We'll see you then next week. Bye-bye.